Life Audio. Welcome to the Real Refreshment Podcast. Join us as we dive into motherhood at the foot of the throne with your host, Rachel Carmen. If you are tired, overwhelmed, and feeling alone, this is the place for you. A place for real moms with real stories, seeking real refreshment found only in the living God. Take a minute to visit rachelcarmen.com and join the community of Real Refreshment listeners who are taking the dare to be in the Word as a top priority in the journey of motherhood. All right, let's kick off this latest episode of the Real Refreshment Podcast. Here's your host, Rachel Carmen. And a good day to you. Thanks for tuning in today. Today and next episode, we are going to be talking about what it looks like to finish strong. You may think it's a little early in the year to start talking about this, but I am going to boldly suggest to you today that it's never too early to think about what it looks like to finish strong. Stay tuned and learn what I mean. Is it hard to spark meaningful conversations with your kids? Whether you're a homeschool hero, planning activities for the next family vacation, or simply gathering around the dinner table, we've got something that can help. Introducing the Daily Family Conversation Starter by best-selling author Katie Clemens. This remarkable book offers 365 imaginative ways to connect with your children in just five minutes each day with prompts like, who made you laugh today? Or what would you do if you had a tail? These simple questions open up a world of laughter, curiosity, and deeper connections. From dinner time to sleepy time, the Daily Family Conversation Starter is your key to creating memories that will last a lifetime. Don't wait to transform your family's daily routine into an adventure of discovery and fun. Grab your copy of the Daily Family Conversation Starter today, wherever books are sold. But look around you, your family, your faith, they're not in the way. They are the way. From the creators of Jesus Revolution comes the incredible true story. It's going to be dangerous and scary and giving up. It's not an option. The story of one family's journey from down under to center stage. Unsung Hero, a for King and Country film starring Candace Cameron Bure and Terry O'Quinn. In theaters now. Visit unsunghero.movie to learn more. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Okay, so if you're listening to these in time, we are just about to wrap up the month of May. So we are only five months out of making New Year's resolutions and thinking we knew what the new whole year was going to hold, right? And I don't know if your year's gone anything like mine, but I only thought I knew what the year was going to hold. Ha ha ha. It's always remarkable to me that the best laid plans, right? You can think you know where you're going only to find yourself somewhere you never would have chosen to be. And this is kind of one of those years. And it occurred to me that instead of waiting until December to assess how I did, right, or how to finish out maybe the last couple of weeks in a way that would be strong and God-honoring and that would illustrate someone who has endeavored to follow hard after Christ this year, I kind of felt like maybe we needed to do that a little earlier this year. And also, because this is the time of year where graduations are happening and there's there seems to be a shift 
in many of our lives this time of year. And so I'm going to suggest to you that as we consider the idea of finishing strong, I'm not confident that this is an exhaustive list, but I'm thinking that there are two instances plus one wherein it is reasonable for us to consider what does it look like for us to finish strong. Now, when I talk about finishing strong, what I mean is literally tying up one thing and moving on to the next. In other words, not getting stuck wherever it is that we are, whether that's a good place or a negative place, choosing against wallowing in maybe a really difficult time in our life. But I want to talk about finishing strong as something, meaning how do you go forward after whatever we're going to talk about today? How do you get up? How do you not get stuck? I think that those are key things. And yes, it's not your imagination. We've talked about this on the podcast before, and maybe it's because I'm walking through this that it is so heavy on my heart. And I just wanted to share with you maybe some of the things that I'm learning. I probably am not the only person. I'm going to make a a pretty safe bet. I'm not the only person who's facing these kind of things in our life. So I want to first outline the three instances in which I think it's important for us to consider what we need to do to finish strong. And then we're going to talk about two of those in this episode, and then we'll do a second episode to wrap up the third. So let me just, first of all, outline the instances in which I think this is important. So first of all, and this one I think is perhaps the most obvious one, and that is in just in the course of planning our life, just in the course of doing those New Year's resolutions when we take the time to think of where we've been and where we are and where we're going, and I would suggest that should only ever be done in light of who God is and and what he has planned for us, what our gifts and talents are, the opportunities that he's laid in front of us. I think God needs to be a real intricate part of our planning out and our resolutions we make every year. And and I don't mean super detailed. I mean just a direction that we're going to go. Opportunities we've decided to take advantage of, ministries we've decided to dedicate ourselves to. So the first instance is when it comes to those things, planning, resolving what we're going to do in a year, setting goals, putting dates on a calendar, setting objectives for the year. That is, I believe, very important. I believe it's biblical for us to have a direction that we're going to be intentional about the way that we're living. I think the benefits of doing resolutions early on in the year as an individual, as a couple, as a family is it sort of hems you in, right? It sets boundaries. It gives you margin for how you're living your life, boundaries about what you're going to be involved in. It gives you like permission in advance to say no to things that aren't, that don't fall within those objectives and goals and resolutions that you've set for that year. It also sets out the year or the season, however you want to delineate that as a period of time. So it's not forever, right? For example, I can remember when we had littles, when all seven of the kids were home. So at one point, we had seven kids, 13 and under, right? 
And that was an intense time. And there were many things that we didn't do because we had littles. And yet it was just a season. It wasn't forever. Now things have radically changed, right? We've launched seven children. And so what I can be involved in, what I do, where I go, when, all of that has changed because now I'm in a different season. But those kinds of intentional times, I think, at the beginning of the year are very important. However, I think they're only as important and valuable as you review them. And that's one of the things in Finishing Strong that I think we really need to look at is we need to dare to pull out those resolutions and those objectives and those goals that we set way back in January, perhaps blow the dust off of them. And we need to dare to look at them and see where we are. How are we doing? What have we neglected? What have we capitalized on? What have we forgotten? What do we need to pick up? What do we need to drop off? You know, we need to really dare to take the time to look at those again. Now, again, the best laid plans, Davis and I endeavor to not only do resolutions, and I will confess openly that we are both by nature planners. So for a lot of you, that's sort of your jump off point, right? Because it's easy for us to plan. But I will simultaneously confess to you that it's the implication of those plans that is the most challenging for me. It's the actual execution of those objectives and goals that I find to be the most challenging. I can plan all day, but I really have to practice a level of discipline, personal discipline, and time management that I find to be very challenging. And so that is why it is beneficial to me and to Davis to periodically pull those back out and review with each other. And um, having just done that recently, I discovered that There were a couple of things that I'm fairly confident I wrote down in January and promptly forgot that I have been inspired to go back and revisit and see what do I need to do? How do I need to be thinking about this? Do I need to roll this forward? Do I need to pick it back up? And simultaneously to take the time to consider what did I pick up along the way that I really don't need to be doing right now? And so, again, I think those resolutions are super important. I think they're important and valuable to us personally. I think they're invaluable to us as couples and also as families. And I want to speak just to a moment to the young mom. So I still remember, right, and I have daughters-in-law and daughters that have children, and I will just say to you, I remember very, very vividly how challenging it was to be a woman driven and a woman who loved to mark things off of my list of things to do and who loved to accomplish goals and set priorities. I love all of that stuff and to be a young mom. It was very challenging to me to realize that being a young mom and doing the rinse and repeat of young motherhood, which is basically you know, feed, burp, change, repeat, that can feel like it is worthless, mundane, meaningless 
time. And it's not, it's none of those things. It is the most valuable thing that can be done on the planet is the nurture of a new life that a mother would take the time to raise a child, to point that child to God, to inspire awe and wonder, to sing hymns of the faith, to talk about the truth of God, the existence of God, the character of God to her child, and to celebrate his goodness and his wonders by loving that child and pointing them to the person of Jesus Christ. That is the most important job on the planet for a a young mom to do that. It's glorious, but unfortunately, unless you write change diapers and feed (laughs) and burp and all of that on a list of things to do, it can feel like you're not achieving anything when you are achieving great things. And so I just want to speak to you, mom, if that's where you are right now, your objective may be for this year, right, to give birth and to nurture that little life, to lean in and enjoy, to get to know that baby. Those are all perfectly valid and valuable objectives and goals for you to enjoy time with that child, to help that child establish a a sleeping schedule so that everyone in the family can get the rest that they need. All of those things are invaluable. So as we're considering resolutions and objectives, I want you to think very broadly about those and not narrowly as the world would have you do, meaning that you have to X, put X number of hours in at the office or remotely or create a project or sell merchandise, we need to make sure that we are not quantifying the value of things according to the world, but according to what God says is valuable. But even having said that again, I want to remind us all that it is very important for us to review those goals. And I can remember more than one year, I would start out the year knowing that the most important thing that I could do for that year was to be a mom to my kids and to get caught up and distracted in the things of this world. So if indeed you did make some objectives and resolutions way back in January, I would strongly encourage you to pull them out and revisit them and review what you said and see what corrections and changes you might need to make to realign with what you said you were going to do or what you wanted to focus on. It may mean that a resolution that you made in January is no longer relevant and you can mark it off. It may mean that a resolution that you made in January is completely relevant and you have forgotten about it and you have gone down the wrong path and you need to turn back. So in any either instance, I believe a reevaluation, a review of those resolutions can be powerful. So take some time and do that on your own. Sit down with your husband if you have a chance. Review those resolutions, those objectives, those goals with your children as a family. Because doing that together as a family is invaluable for everyone to be on the same page. I would suggest to you that the best way to finish strong is to stay focused. That's really the key. And that means that we periodically review those resolutions. Further, I'd like to suggest to you that it's never too late to write goals or resolutions for the rest of the year. So if you didn't have the chance to do that, and I've had those years that I just never took the time, right? Didn't have the time, however you want to qualify that. I didn't get it done. 
but it's never too late. Um, as long as we have time in front of us, it's a good idea to chart our course prayerfully and in light of who God is and say, this is where we're going so that we can be the most effective in the wife role that we have, the daughter of the king role we have, the neighbor role, the mother role, the friend role, all of those, I believe, go smoother when we have a course of action and we are focused on what we're trying to achieve. Right after this break, I'm going to tackle instant number two. Is it hard to spark meaningful conversations with your kids? Whether you're a homeschool hero, planning activities for the next family vacation, or simply gathering around the dinner table, we've got something that can help. Introducing the Daily Family Conversation Starter by best-selling author Katie Clemens. This remarkable book offers 365 imaginative ways to connect with your children in just five minutes each day with prompts like, who made you laugh today? Or what would you do if you had a tail? These simple questions open up a world of laughter, curiosity, and deeper connections. From dinner time to sleepy time, the Daily Family Conversation Starter is your key to creating memories that will last a lifetime. Don't wait to transform your family's daily routine into an adventure of discovery and fun. Grab your copy of The Daily Family Conversation Starter today, wherever books are sold. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org slash impact. Okay, so the first instance we just discussed in which I think it's important for us to consider how we can finish strong is when we've already set resolutions and goals and objectives for a particular period of time, like a year or a season. The second instance when I think it's important for us to consider what it looks like to finish strong is when we face natural or necessary endings. Now, at the outset, that may not sound clear, but I know you know what this means. You just may not know you know what I mean. So stay with me. At this time of year, at the end of May, our uh, many of our children, a couple of my kids at least, are wrapping up a college semester. It is a natural end, right? They've been marching through weeks and weeks and weeks of study and lecture and testing and projects and presentations, and then it's the end of the semester. It's a very natural, predictable end, right? But what happens towards the end of the semester? You get exhausted. You get tired. You get sometimes overwhelmed with the papers and the prospects of what's my GPA going to be, all of that, right? And even saying goodbye to your friends. I know one of my sons this year Several of his friends were seniors, and he went to their graduation, and it was like, oh, my goodness, when will I see them again, right? So, again, a natural, necessary end, right? But how do you do that well? How do you finish that strong? Other examples are just seasons in our life. So, a couple of years ago, we graduated our youngest son. I guess it was only actually a year ago. My goodness, time flies. And we entered into a new season, where we dropped 
our last child at college and came home to an empty house, quite literally. And so it's a new season. So how do we tie up that season and step forward into a new season? Another example is when you have a loved one that's facing a terminal illness. So it's a natural thing. It's a necessary thing. They, they're going to probably pass. And so how do you do that well? How do you march through those last few days well, especially when it's imminent, when you know it's coming, right? But I would suggest even when you don't know it's coming, even when it's tragic, how do you walk through that well? That is a real challenge when we face these necessary natural endings. Projects come to an end. Um, also pregnancy comes to an end and then you have a new life. So it's sort of, you know, both ways, you know, the pregnancy's over all the planning and all the nesting, and then you give birth and then you step in immediately into a new season, right? Ministries come to a season. I know for many years I've been involved in women's ministry and planning for a retreat or a one day event or a women's Bible study, right? And then it comes to an end this month. I will attend my last women's Bible study at my church this month, and we'll tie it all up, right? How do we do that well? Sometimes jobs end. Sometimes they end because um, you're going to a new job, right? Or maybe it's a retirement situation. Or maybe you're moving. How do you tie up the friendships and the loose ends of everything and then go forward? These natural necessary endings are opportunities for us to really finish strong, to really stay focused on who God is and what he's doing. And I find three characters in the Bible that speak to this and give us really great examples. And we're not going to be able to exhaust everything there is to learn here. But I just would like to suggest to you, if you're in one of these positions where you're facing one of these natural endings, these necessary endings, where your things are coming, they're closing, right? And and yet there's life beyond this moment. There are three men that I think really exemplify this beautifully in Scripture, and I'm going to briefly talk about them and give you passages that you can study deeper and farther. But I really think uh, Moses, Joshua, and Paul give us some really outstanding examples of what it looks like to end well, to finish strong, especially when you know it's coming. So Moses, I talk extensively about Moses. I think his life and his example to us is remarkable. Um, His life is cut into 40, 40, 40, three sets of 40 years. And um, when you pick up with him at the age of 80, so you'll have to listen to other podcasts and other teachings to catch the whole Moses story. But We pick up at the beginning of Exodus with Moses at the burning bush, right? And his life is invaded by this burning bush. He just thinks it's curious. And the next thing you know, he's going back to face Pharaoh, let my people go. I mean, you're talking about radical life change. And again, that's a story for another day. We could really delve deeply into Moses because his training shepherding sheep for 40 years, his training before that, all things in the palace. He was the perfect man. I mean, you can just see so clearly how God prepared Moses to lead his people into the promised land. And yet, the first generation that he was to lead into the promised land, they blew it. They blew it. And so again, 
deeper discussion for another podcast. My point is the second generation comes up and this is the generation that's actually going to go into the promised land. The promised land that God had called the first generation, this generation, the second generation's parents to inhabit, to go in, but they blew it. So the second generation comes up and Moses in the book of Deuteronomy is so intentional in what he teaches the second generation. He is so mindful of what has already transpired, how the first generation blew it, and how this is a brand new generation. And there are some things he knows that they don't know that they need to know. And so he he takes the whole book of Deuteronomy. It's considered the sermon series of Moses. One of the key words is remember. Another phrase is pay attention. Another one is be careful. This is Moses jumping up and down, trying to get the attention of the second generation. He knows he's not going to go in. He already knows that. God's already told him Moses doesn't get to go into the promised land. But he knows, he, instead of getting resentful about the fact that he can't go in, instead of doing that, I mean, don't miss that part of this story. He could have just gotten ticked off and just sort of crossed his arms and pouted and said, yeah, you guys are on your own. But he didn't do that. He knew he couldn't go in. But he knew that he was the voice that this generation needed to prepare them to go in. And so the whole book of Deuteronomy, I I commend it to you for read. It's one of those books that's not read very often. It is the Old Testament book that Jesus quotes the most. Go back and study his temptation. This is the book that he quotes in response to the temptations of Satan. It's Deuteronomy. But this is Moses. You hear his heart through this whole thing just pleading with the second generation. And I just want to boil it down. If we go over to Gen- uh, to Deuteronomy 30, verse 15, I'm just going to read just a couple of verses for you just to capture the real passion and pleading of Moses in the book of Deuteronomy. In 3015, he, he writes this, See, I have set before you today life and prosperity and death and adversity, in that I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, and to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments, that you may live and multiply, and that the Lord your God may bless you in the land where you are entering to possess it. Skipping now over to chapter 31 and looking and reading verse 6, it says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or tremble at them. For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you. And he will not fail you or forsake you. I hope you hear just in those few verses the true heart of Moses. As he's wrapping up his life, he's facing his end, right? But he's finishing strong. Not surprisingly then, Joshua, who takes over for Moses to lead that second generation in, we see him following in Moses' footsteps at the end of his life, picking up his story in Joshua 24. In verse 1, we get Joshua recounting to this generation, right, the next generation, Joshua is facing dying. And very similar to Moses, he could have just grown resentful. He could have just been passive. He could have just thrown up his arms and said, yeah, you do whatever you're going to do. But he didn't do that. 
facing his own end, he determined to finish strong and he stayed focused on who God was and what his plan was for his people. It says then in Joshua 24, starting in verse one, then Joshua gathered all of the tribes of Israel and called for the elders of Israel for their heads and their judges and their officers. And they presented themselves before God. And Joshua said to the people, thus saith the Lord God of Israel. From ancient times, your fathers lived beyond the river, namely Terah, the father of Abraham and the father of Nahor, and they served other gods. Then I took your father Abraham from beyond the river and led him through the land of Canaan and multiplied his descendants and gave him Isaac. To Isaac I gave Jacob and Esau, and to Esau I gave Mount Seir and to possess it. But to Jacob and his sons went down to Egypt. Then I sent Moses and Aaron, and I plagued Egypt by what I did in its midst. And afterward, I brought you out. This is the Lord. This is Joshua speaking on behalf of the Lord. That's what you hear these eyes. Don't miss that. The Lord said, I brought your fathers out of Egypt, and you came to the sea. And Egypt pursued your fathers with chariots and horsemen into the Red Sea. But they cried out to me. And he put darkness between you and the Egyptians and brought the sea upon them. So here's Joshua recounting the goodness and the faithfulness of God, starting with Abraham. And he's recounting to all these gathered, right? Joshua is about to die. These are his last words to those who have come into the promised land. So skipping now into verse 14, this is Joshua speaking. He says, therefore now. Fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and truth. Put away the gods which your fathers served beyond the river that would be in Egypt. And serve the Lord. If it is disagreeable for yourselves today whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served, which were beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So again, you see here, very deliberately, Joshua is finishing strong. Why? Not because um, necessarily he feels like it. I mean, he's about to die. And Joshua has seen so much. He was Moses' right hand. And here he is at the very end, and he's so focused on the goodness of God that he recounts for God's people, for his beloved, all of the faithfulness of God. And you know, anytime you recount the faithfulness of God to other people, it doesn't just bless them, it blesses you. It's a good reminder to you. And I think we can sense that in this 24th chapter of the book of Joshua. When he's recounting this, he's reminding himself of all that he witnessed and all that God did. And he says to the people, choose today. Who are you going to serve? We, my family, we're going to serve the Lord. And you know, today that same choice is in front of us. How are we going to finish strong? Are we going to finish serving the world? Or are we going to finish serving God? Joshua admonishes us to choose to serve God. And then finally, and not surprisingly, we have the example in the New Testament of Paul, who writes this in 2 Timothy 4. He says, I solemnly charge you, Paul's talking to Timothy, in the presence of God and in Christ Jesus, 
who is the judge of the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. Now, as I continue reading this passage, I want you to notice how many things he charges Timothy to do, right? So this is a direct, this is a letter written directly to Timothy, but with implications for you and me, right? So listen to what he charges young Timothy with. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But wanting their ears tickled. Now, if you didn't catch it, we're living in the time that Paul's describing here. A time wherein people would prefer that their ears be tickled. What does that mean? It means they want to hear what they want to hear. And often, that means they don't want to hear the truth. They want to hear what they want to hear. They want to hear that their feelings are the most important thing. They want to hear that they should follow their heart. They want to hear that if it feels good, they ought to do it. That's what they want to hear. That tickles their ears. That makes them feel good. But right here, Paul is warning young Timothy, that's going to happen. It's going to happen. You need to be prepared. That's the warning that he gives here to Timothy. But he says, because they want their ears tickled, he goes on to say, they will accumulate for themselves teachers, podcasters, preachers, evangelists. That's my interjection just to make the point. In accordance with their own desires. In other words, the most popular people for those people who want their ears tickled, are going to be professional ear ticklers. In other words, those who are not preaching according to the truth, are not admonishing or encouraging according to the truth, but they know what to say to get followers, to get likes, to be popular. Paul is warning about all of those dangers that we're living in now. You know why? Because they're not exclusive to our time. They were happening in Timothy's time. And Paul was warning him, this is not anything new. Solomon said there was nothing new under the sun, and surely that is true. And we need to be aware that it's not our our imagination. They will turn away their ears from the truth, Paul writes, and will turn aside to myths. But you, Paul writes to Timothy, Be sober in all things. Endure hardships. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. Four, Paul writes this. Here's our climactic verse. For Paul, for I, Paul, am already being poured out as a drink offering. And the time of my departure has come. So, okay, this is number three. Moses knew he was about to die. Joshua knew he was about to die. Here is Paul knowing he's about to die. My time of departure has come. I have, don't miss this, three things. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. In the future, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. This is beautiful. Once again, Paul sees the end in sight, and he doesn't hoard all that he's learned, all that the Lord has taught him. Oh, no, 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 no. He's passing the baton backward to Timothy. He's telling Timothy, this is what you need to know. This is not what you need to be aware of. And this is what you need to do and do it well. Look, I've been there and I've done that. 
I have fought. I have finished. Right? Follow in my footsteps. That's the opportunity that you and I have. All three of these men acknowledge that the end was near. There's no sense in denying it. They spoke to it. They celebrated the faithfulness of God. In each one of these, there is this celebration of what God has done, who God is, right? And they pointed upward. All of the good things that happened, they didn't take any credit for that. Moses didn't say, I led you out. Joshua didn't say, I did all these things. I defeated the Amorites. I defeated the Amorites. Paul didn't say, I did this out of my own strength. No, they all credited God with what happened. And then finally, they challenged their listeners or their readers. And they were basically saying, look, don't squander your opportunity. Look what God has done. He's with you. He's with you. So the two instances we talked about today as we think about what it looks like to finish well, the first one is just going back and reviewing those resolutions, those goals and objectives that we've set. How do we review those, realign those where they need to be, adjust those mid-year, right, so that we can go forward and finish out strong the year 2023? And then the second instance is those natural and necessary endings that we face. Some of them are predictable, some not so much, right? How do we finish strong in those? We point to God. We focus on his faithfulness and we trust him with all that he is doing. I'll catch you next time and we'll wrap up what it looks like to finish strong. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you have a question or comment, we invite you to send it to info at rachelcarmen.com. And while you're at Rachel's website, check out her wonderful resources, including the Word in Motion Bible Curriculum. We want to take a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. Moms, more than ever, we really do need each other. We need to be challenged, and we need accountability in the Word. Thanks for joining us, and we'll catch you in the next episode of The Real Refreshment Podcast. No matter what you're going through, you are not alone. Sis, if you've experienced pain in your father-daughter relationship, I want you to know that you are loved and seen. I'm Kia Stevens, host of the Hope for Women with Father Wounds podcast, and I created my show to help you exchange your father wounds for the love of God the Father. Join me for encouragement, wisdom, and scripture. Just search Hope for Women with Father Wounds on lifeaudio.com or wherever you get your podcast.